Today with Catherine Ruinala. Well, I believe the Holy Spirit is really wanting to encourage people right now that there is power when we pray. You know, sometimes, you know, I've found myself praying and then um, and not realizing that I'm actually just going through the motions rather than intentionally letting my faith be released by having a clear conversation with God. I've shared this story before, but um, I think last November, my son was having his 21st birthday party and we were setting up outside and it was really, really windy and it was not going to work with all these people being really, really windy. And my house inside is not big enough to accommodate all the people. And so we were setting things up and as fast as we were setting it up, it was blowing away. And I kept rebuking the wind in the name of Jesus and praying, stop, uh, Lord, stop the wind, Lord, stop the wind. And nothing was happening. So about an hour before the party starts, as we're still trying to replace everything for the 15th time, I went inside and I had a conversation with God. As in, I got, got into my bedroom and I looked at him and I spoke to him face to face, Father, would you stop the wind for Joseph's party, please, in Jesus' name? And I went outside and it all stopped. It was all stopped all night long. It was perfect weather. What was the difference? You can go around and pray, Father, please stop the wind, please. Oh, God, please help in this situation. And then there's times when you can come before him and you are looking at him in faith. And when you see him, when you are looking at him, that is when faith is released. When we remember what his life, what he's like, faith gets released. Amen. I want to just ask my daughter Emily to come up. And Emily was just reminded me of a story that her Finnish grandmother told her. Um, and I thought she tells it so well. I'll, I'm going to let her tell the story because she heard it firsthand from Momo. Hallelujah. Come on up. And I want you to listen carefully because I believe the Holy Spirit wants to speak to us. Whether you're watching um, on television or you're here uh, tonight, I believe the Holy Spirit wants to encourage you that there is power when we pray. Amen. Come on up, Emily. Give her a hand. Yeah, so Momo came out with a really epic story. And who knows, grandparents have some of the most epic stories you'll ever hear. When they tell them, they kind of bring them out out of nowhere and you're like, okay, how did you know that? <laughs> anyway, this is one of these stories where you're like, how, how does this even happen? And she grew up in Finland. Um, so she uh, heard this story. Uh, this was before um, she was born. But uh, for any of you who know your history, uh, Finland was in a winter war with Russia and they were vastly outnumbered, um, both in men and resources. And Russia was coming up from the north and they were closing in and they had a big army were coming in with their tanks and everything. And their defenses were not up to scratch at all. And it got to the point where uh, over the broadcasting, everyone was saying like, the Russians are coming, they're at our doorstep and they are going to pass the borders and they are going to invade Finland. 
And that's what they said over the, bro over the radio broadcast all across the nation. And this was back in the day when no one really had a personal uh, home radio. So a lot of them would go out to public places like the grocery store and they'd hear the broadcast and they say, okay, everyone, we're going to take some time to all together to pray for God for help because we have no other option. This is the best thing we can do at the moment. So the whole nation stopped and they prayed to God for help. And after they did this, as the Russians were closing in, uh, they had a few men up uh, at the border to defend and one of them shot a bullet and it landed. Sorry for the, uh, <laughs> the uh, picture of it, but it, it shot someone in the head and it was a truck driver. And this truck driver fell face first onto the steering wheel and the horn was going beep and he was stuck there, he was dead. Um, and this was one of the Russian truck drivers. And unbeknownst to them, the signal for retreat for the Russian army was a big, long beep from the truck driver. <laughs> signaling them to retreat because it wasn't going to work. And so with one bullet and with one prayer, they fended off the Russian army. It's a true story. Amazing. The president of Finland just had uh, just announced, you know, please, everyone, let's just pray. And people actually got down in the shops, on the streets, on their knees, and they all just prayed. Now, I, say, I, I, I wanted her to share that story because sometimes when we hear things that seem so bad and so difficult and so overwhelming, we get caught up in a worldly thinking that goes, oh, this is terrible, it's just going to get worse. When God actually wants us to be thinking like him and he wants us to know that there is tremendous power when we pray. And when we pray in faith, believing that God wants to help us, you know, my best prayer really is help because I know the word of God says he is my ever-present help in time of need. And so if I ask for help, he, it's who he is. He is there to help and he delights to do it. Amen? And he wants to help you in your situation. But it's not a matter of worry prayer where we walk around, oh, God, please do something, oh, please, please, God. But actually connecting with the one that you know. And when we see him, the fear of the Lord <gasps> helps us recognize who we are praying to. I've been working my way through the wisdom books and I've been, you know, you go through Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, Song of Songs, Job. And as I'm working my way through these books, the constant theme that I see throughout this is the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. What does it look like to have the fear of the Lord? Thanks, Abby. If you have a look in the book of Job, you can see... Terrible things are happening to this man. A good man having terrible things happen to him. And unfortunately, 
Human nature wants to understand why something is happening. Why, God, why? And then you've got Job's friends who try to bring sense to the situation. And they try to explain why God would allow this, why this might have happened to Job, <coughs> what he might have done to cause this. Have you ever been in a situation where you've had Job's friends? And, you know, if you're not careful, they can sound sensible. Proverbs says one argument sounds right until, I hear the, until you hear the other side. So that's why you've got to read the end of Job to be able to understand the beginning, really. And after all these incredible good-sounding arguments that go, oh, okay, that sounds right, oh, that sounds right, oh, maybe that's true, oh, well, maybe God's like that, or maybe it's because I did this, maybe it's some sin I didn't know, or, or maybe it's because I was fearful, or what was it, or I don't know what it was. All these good-sounding arguments, and unfortunately, sometimes people have misunderstood this book, and they've actually, they've actually preached out of these arguments, when in fact, God comes and answers in, in chapter um, 38, after they've all had their say, the Lord answered Job out of the whirlwind and said, who is this that darkens counsel by words without knowledge? And then he begins to speak. But instead of answering why all of this is happening, the Lord, when he speaks, says things like, who enclosed the sea with doors when bursting forth it went out from the womb? When I made a cloud its garment and thick darkness its swaddling band. Or he goes on and says things like, Have you entered into the springs of the sea or walked in the recesses of the deep? Have the gates of death been revealed to you? Have you understood the expanse of the earth? Tell me if you know all this. He'll say, uh, where is the way to the dwelling of light and darkness? Where is its place that you may take it to its territory? That you may discern the paths to its home? He'll say, have you seen the storehouses of the snow? Or he'll say things like, do you know the time the mountain, mountain goats give birth? Can you count the months they fulfill? Who set the wild donkey free? This is just not what you might have expected God to say in the midst of a disaster and a terrible, awful situation where they're trying to figure out, why God, why, what can we do? He's saying, what do you know about the wild donkey? Have you seen where I keep my snow? He says, what about the ostrich? Do you know why it lays its eggs in the sand? Is it by your understanding that the hawk soars, stretching his wings toward the south? Is it at your command that the eagle mounts up? <laughs> he goes on. This is like two chapters of these questions. And he asks these questions because I believe he's trying to get the people, Job and his friends, 
to recognize the most important question, and that is, who are you? <gasps> That's right. <gasps> You're God. And you know a whole lot of stuff that I have no knowledge about at all. You are God. And the fear of God comes into them. Oh, God. Oh, God. And then finally, Job speaks and says, I know that you can do all things and that no purpose of yours can be thwarted. Who is this that hides counsel without knowledge? Therefore, I have declared that which I did not understand, things too wonderful for me which I did not know. Hear now and I will speak. I will, ins I will ask you and you instruct me. I have heard of you by the hearing of the ear, but now my eye sees you. Therefore, I retract and I repent in dust and ashes. In other words, as the Lord reveals his majesty, his bigness, his glory, as the fear of the Lord comes, Job goes, Ah, oh, I'm really sorry for all the stuff I tried to say, all the things I am assumed about you. Oh, God, I repent in dust and ashes. Forgive me, God, for being presumptuous. Forgive me for thinking I can try and figure it all out. You are God. And the result of the fear of God coming in is faith in who he is. And as a result... Everything is restored to Job, double over. His life is extended. He's given double what he lost. Hallelujah. And I believe what I'm trying to, to show you here is that the Holy Spirit is wanting us to have an experience continually where we behold him with the eyes of our understanding so that we repent of these presumptuous ideas, so that we rep repent of trying to say we know everything, we understand everything, but instead we come back to the place where, oh God, you are big and you are glorious and you are much wiser than me. I will just look at you because in looking at you, faith is birthed for me to be able to pray and pray powerful prayers that will see your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. God never expects us to pray from a place of, oh, I hope something happens. Whatever you ask for, believe that you have received it, the Bible says, and it will be yours. But it's not faith in your prayer. It's faith in the one who knows about the wild donkeys. It's faith in the one who created the eagle, the faith in the one who knows exactly where he stores the snow. He, he's the one who created the seas, who knows the depths and the height. He knows all about outer space. He knows everything. That God, okay, now that's who I'm talking to. Yes, our Father, I speak to you right now. And this is what I ask, knowing that you said whatever I ask, I'll receive if I pray in the name of your son, Jesus, who gave his life for me. So I stand before you, the throne of grace, glorious father, king of all kings. This one, as you think about the bigness and the majesty of God, faith in his ability to do something no longer becomes a problem. Think about, oh God. Who cares about the deer giving birth? 
who is currently aware of every bird and every tree in the rain right now, who knows everything that's going on, created everything, God of the universe, God of the heavens and the earth, God who was and who is and who is to come, that God is the one I'm speaking to now. It's not faith in my prayer, not faith in what I know, not faith in what I'm doing, but faith in you. I'm going to have a conversation with you. And as I speak to you, I can see your glory manifest on the earth. I will see what I ask manifest because you are God. You, you spoke those words. So whatever I ask, I receive. You are the one that I can stand before because of the blood of Jesus Christ. You gave your only son so that I could be washed clean and forgiven. And by grace, I am saved through faith. So tonight I stand before you in faith saying, thank you, Father, that you hear me. Just as Jesus said, I know that you hear me. So Father, I thank you. I know that you hear me because the blood of Jesus Christ was shed for me. So I stand here on that ground speaking to the Lord of all the universe. And I ask, please stop the wind for my son's birthday party. Or please help this country. Or please, whatever it is that you're asking, you can receive in faith when you have a revelation of the bigness of God. Who is this that darkens counsel without knowledge? You know what? With the internet, we got a lot of those people right now. I love to learn. I love to learn things. I'm learning a new language right now. I'm learning French because I'm speaking in France in May. So I am learning French. I love to learn. Praise the Lord. Information is good. Proverbs says the intelligent seek knowledge. It's a good thing. But God's heart for us is that we wouldn't get caught up in questions that he hasn't asked us to go after to get twisted up with trying to figure out and know, I need to understand everything about the future or I need to understand everything about why this is happening or why that's happening to them. No, God wants you to be overwhelmed with who He is and what He is doing. And as you see Him, instead of just hearing about Him, that's where the fear of God comes in. Sometimes people get nervous when I talk about the fear of God. They think, well, I've had enough of the fear of God. I've had fire and brimstone and I've had preaching where the God's angry at me. That's not what the fear of God is. The truth about God is that he so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever would believe in him will not perish but have everlasting life. Our God, the same yesterday, today, and forever, gave his own life so that you and I could stand before the throne of grace, boldly come before his throne, that we could be seated with him in heavenly places, spend eternity with him. Hallelujah. This is who God is. But when we speak about the fear of God, I believe it is the, it's the entryway into wisdom and into faith because our faith is not based in who we are or what we do or in our prayers. Our faith is in the one that we are talking to. And I believe as we pray for the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, 
the eyes of our understanding being enlightened to know him. God is going to release a supernatural gift of faith in the body of Christ where they are going to begin to pray effective and fervent prayers that avail much. Hallelujah. God is no respecter of persons, but he is simply waiting for those who will break through the atmosphere of the enemy that would try to surround you and get you looking at yourself and your own weaknesses and your own insecurities, looking at circumstances and situations, off on tangents, chasing rabbits uh, off here. Oh, I need to understand about that. I need to know what's happening in the future. Or I need to, um, you know, I speculate about what, what God might be doing here or try to understand what he's doing there. And God's saying, no. I want you to be a student of who I am and that you may know me. In knowing me, all these things will be added to you. But as you keep your focus on him, faith will be released for you to actually do something about the situations that are trying to grab your attention. People always want to know, I want to know what's happening, what's happening in the future, what's happening this, what's happening there. And God's saying, I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. And this is the mission, that every day you would walk with me, you would hear my voice, and you would do the good works that I've laid up in advance for you to do. But sometimes we feel like no, I need to have control. I need to know what all, I need to know all the details about all the things in the future. I need to understand everything. I need to understand all my past. I need to understand my present. I need to know why it's all happening. And God's going, you don't have the capacity. Well, you know, maybe when you can understand and, and um, understand all these things that I'm talking about here. Maybe when you have seen the storehouses in the sky or, or when you uh, understand about how to command lightning or when you understand all the things of creation, maybe then we can begin to try to help you understand some things. But the Lord is looking for you to recognize, as he says all of these things, not to make you feel small, but to make you feel aware of the majesty of who it is that is on your side and is talking to you. Hallelujah. Because when you get revelation of that, you begin to understand who you've been joined to so that when you begin to speak, when you begin to pray, when you, be, when you get up in the morning, you are aware, I am not some little person with a God out there somewhere, but I am actually in him who created the heavens and the earth. Amen? I just want to read some of this because it's so cool. He says, verse 12 of chapter 38, have you ever commanded in your life, have you ever in your life commanded the morning and caused the dawn to know its place, that it may take hold of the ends of the earth and the wicked be shaken out of it? It's changed like clay under the seal and they stand forth like a garment. Verse 16, have you ever entered into the springs of the sea or walked in the recesses of the deep? Have the gates of death been revealed to you? Verse 19, where is the way to the dwelling of light? 
Verse 25, who has cleft a channel for the flood or, or a way for the thunderbolt to bring rain on a land without people or on a desert without a man in it? God knows what's going on where there's nobody, where there is nobody. Hallelujah. To satisfy the waste and desolate land and to make the seeds of grass to sprout. Has the rain a father or who has begotten the drops of dew? And from whose womb has come the ice and the frost of heaven? Who has given it birth? Water becomes hard like stone and the surface of the deep is imprisoned. Can you bind the chains of the Pleiades or loose the cords of Orion? You ever seen the little cluster of Pleiades up in the sky? It's that little cluster of stars. Scientists tell us now that it is the orbits of those stars in the cluster of Pleiades are such that they cannot move apart from each other. They're in a gravitational pull that they cannot be pulled apart. And he's saying here, can you loose, uh, can you bind the, the chains of the Pleiades or loose the cords of Orion? Same with Orion's belt. Can you, can you move it? Can you make it happen? God's not being cheeky. He's not trying to make Job feel worse. He's trying to bring him to a place of faith. And every time you look up at the sky and you see the stars, God's not trying to make you feel small. He's trying to make you see how big he is. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 